1: Two weeks ago on the programme, we discussed the decision by NatWest Bank to close Ulster Bank in Ireland uh, with Jim Power. Jim called it the beginning of a new banking crisis, uh, which we'll see. The bank, established over 160 years ago, closed its branches in Ireland, including in Carlow town and kilkenny city and that was even before last week in this program before the news was officially announced by bank of ireland on monday eamon quinn of the irish examiner told us how the bank was planning to close 88 branches in this area this will see the closure of bank of ireland branches in boris callan Greignamana, thomastown Tullow, and Erlingford. so all together between ulster bank and bank of ireland eight ba- branches bank branches are set to close in this area in the coming months. Uh, the picture on banking has huge implications for business. Uh, the prospect of just two big banks is bad news for competition. And the closure of long-established branches will leave big gaps in hard-pressed bre- towns, the length and breadth of Carlo Kilkenny. With me to discuss these issues is Minister Malcolm Noonan, who is, of course, TD for Carlo Kilkenny, but he's a uh, Minister of State for Heritage and Electoral Reform. Good morning, Malcolm. Good morning John. And thanks for joining us this morning on the programme. You heard uh, my introduction there. Jim Power is describing it as a banking crisis but there are also um, implications for towns. Let's discuss the kind of banking aspect of it first. Um, You know, uh, less competition and we know what that means. Uh, What do you think the government is going to do about this or should the government do anything? Is it just the market taking its course? What's your view?
0: Uh, well, my own view, and I think so, the view within government is that the government really does have to intervene in some way in this regard. I mean, it is, as Jim has said, it's a it's a seismic shift in banking and moving away from um, the traditional high street retail banking to online. There's also, I mean, it's there's also other challenges created by COVID where there's a huge volume of savings and not much borrowing going on, which is that's creating its own challenge as well. Um, and I, I suppose in the, just in the last week, um, we would have put together a paper within the Green Party to submit to, to our own government colleagues around public banking and looking at the models like such as Spark Asa in Germany, where there is a, 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 another banking sector which is very much led through credit unions and um, local authorities.
1: And what changes I mean, and would have to take second. place to make that a reality Malcolm?
0: Well there would, there would have to be significant changes I'd imagine it would have to be legislated for and but it, it would give additional powers to, to post offices, credit unions perhaps even lo- in Germany local government has a central role in public banking and they obviously do their lending like a normal commercial bank but the, the revenue and the income goes back into public projects so it, it, do- it does it's another option and another uh, way of trying to to address the crisis, but um, certainly uh, I think government is taking um, uh, you know a very close look at it. I think Minister for Finance has spoken of the need to to, to look at uh, competition within the market in Ireland, uh, given the the situation we're in. And um, I, I think from from that side, from the the financial side of it, I think that's important. There's also Obviously, the retail, which is uh, going to have a devastating impact on our towns.
1: Yeah. um, Would you be confident, Malcolm, that something as radical as what you're suggesting will receive a hearing from your uh, partners in the coalition, Fianna Fáil and and Fianna Gael? And is it possible to push something through in the next two or three years that will make a difference? Or is this just a pipe dream down the road?
0: No, we, we think it is. I mean, we actually came close with this, uh, with previous, uh, indeed with Pascal Donoghue in, in, in the 32nd all, and um, previously with Michael Noonan. Um, so we actually think there is an opportunity that public banking could be brought onto the table. The, uh, our finance bo- spokesperson, Nasa Harrigan, has worked uh, with um, Mark Deary, who worked uh, in our team on it over the last number of months, and trying to bring it back together, because we were aware of this crisis looming, and uh, we actually think that there is an opportunity to have, it discussed again to see where it could move forward and it would give uh, a whole new role to our credit unions, to our post offices and indeed to, to local government.
1: Do you think the government uh, you know uh, with so many crises going on we have a crisis in uh, you know the COVID crisis is there the bandwidth in government is there the space the, the, the mind space to take on a big issue like this?
0: I, I think there is I think you know we've, we've certainly proven in a very short period of time that we have have had to respond to not just the, the COVID crisis, but the but what the COVID crisis is, is laying before us in other sectors, in health, in education, and in in um, in housing and finance. And uh, the, the reality is we have to look at a whole new way of doing things as we emerge from this. Um, certainly you know, the vaccines are giving us some hope uh, that the, the, the numbers are moving in the right direction, but if we look at a post-COVID world, it has to be a very different one than the, the one we headed into. So mm. I think that, that gives us an opportunity to perhaps have that, that radical rethink and, and start thinking differently on, on what the world might look like after after the this, this particular crisis.
1: Yeah, I was talking just to a business owner yesterday, Malcolm, who was talking about the way that the government moved very quickly um, and brought in, you know, life-saving uh, supports for many businesses uh, and he was commending the government for that. But he was greatly sceptical that um, such speed of movement uh, can be repeated uh, because, you know, the crisis isn't, uh, you know, acute enough. Can you reassure that person who is quite sceptical?
0: I can, um you know I've I, again over the last number of weeks in particular, I would have met with different sectors, hotel sector here in Kakeni in particular, because uh, Kakenny will be quite uh, heavily dependent on 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 uh, tourism and and services and and certainly you know there there is a big ask of that response. i I do think that there is a collective ambition and will in government particularly as we're looking towards that that bigger overarching targets of rapid decarbonisation and the the high ambition around energy, Uh, I think that Ireland could position itself very, very well um, in the whole Green New Deal and through the Resilience and Recovery Fund to use that wisely mm. and moving towards a, a, a very different shaping of, of of our future.
1: And the banking system. Well, we we shall see. But Ma- Malcolm, you're, you're passionate about town centres and, and there's extensive stuff on your website. Um, town centres in Kilkenny, Carlow, Boris, Callan, Greg Namana, Thomastown, Tullow and Orlingford, very bad news because more than just the closure of banks, but people come into towns to visit banks or, or they did before COVID anyway um, you know it is a bit of a blow uh, how are you feeling about the your mission to revitalise town centres now?
0: Well, I think it, it, there's a significant challenge there I think we, we're doing uh, quite an amount of work in our own department Minister Burke Workers leading on the in, in my department is leading on the town centres first and our, our element of it is the heritage led part of it which is not insignificant because most of our towns are primarily 18th, 19th century building stock um, I'm also having uh, you know meetings with Chambers Ireland, RG Data uh, and others around the retail uh, side of it and we think there's a huge opportunity. I, I attended a, a, an online conference with the Scotland Town Centres partnership a number of weeks ago, and they're, they've been slightly ahead of us, and they've been doing quite a bit of work for pre-COVID for quite a number of years on the future of their towns, and have put in place a suite of measures, both at uh, central government policy level, right down to local government level, to variable rates, lots of different opportunities, as well as the, the built heritage regeneration, getting families back living in town centres. And I think there's a lot Obviously, we can't replicate that uh, as is, but we can certainly learn a lot from what has gone on in Scotland. And, uh, But I think here the challenge is a myriad of challenges that have been building up uh, for quite some time, the, the whole movement of retail, particularly the, the UK high street retail, multi- multiple brands, the fashion brands uh, moving away. It, it, I see that as as an opportunity, and particularly for local businesses. We have a lot of innovators in Caroline Kenny that um, in retail and particularly in fashion and in the high end of uh, of the retail side of things, yeah, uh, could see this space and 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 look at the opportunities that are there.
1: We've about a minute left, Malcolm. Can you give us a couple of practical things that you think the government could do to to do that? Like, what what does all this mean? It people just hear a lot of policy stuff, but what does that practically mean to help town centres get going again?
0: Yeah so the, the the large policy document will be coming out in a few weeks the, the the one thing we want to be sure of is that the local government that local government is, is has within it the skills to to reconfigure our urban centres. That's having town architects, uh, conservation, repurposing officers uh, to look at the, at unlocking the potential in the buildings and town centres. How to can you make it attractive
1: northward. for business, though, Malcolm? Because that's the the business. Well, kind we of
0: think that that in itself that's a, that's a starting point. The, you know, there's a the, the regeneration in the urban centre has proven economically uh, a lot of international studies that that uh, getting families back living in urban centres addressing the issues of mobility, cycling, walking in our town centres, uh, to, to, to just the public realm, having good quality public realm, that quality of life aspect that you won't get in, say, on the periphery of towns, on the edge of town, so, uh, and it's that incentivisation and uh, we think is a vital part of it, so it, it's a, com- a combination of that and then local authorities looking at, at the opportunities to, to vary rates and putting in um, incubator units for new startups. I know you're going to be discussing the movement towards um, towards remote working, Mm. but we still think there's opportunity. Primarily, um, I would see the opportunity in in urban, good quality urban living, uh, and moving our retail because it is going to shift and it is shifting towards online. So uh, a lot of our innovators in our town centres are having a good online presence as well as an on-street presence.
1: Okay, Malcolm. Well, look, thank you very much for taking the time to join us uh, this morning. I do appreciate it. That's Minister for State uh, at the Department of Heritage and Electoral Reform, Malcolm Noonan. Thanks, Malcolm.
0: Thanks, John. The Bottom Line on KCLR with John Purcell. Brought to you in association with the Neil Foley Accountants. Our website, onf.ie, shows the full range of services we provide to businesses large and small.